Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hallo und willkommen zu Gegenpressing, die Bundesliga-Podcast. Ja, um, yeah. Another episode this week, making up for the one that we lost last week. Still sorry about that, but it happens. I'm your host, Manuel Feit. And yeah, as always, joined by Stefan Bienkowski. Stefan, how's it going? Yeah, very well. Kind of rolling my eyes at the transfer window these days, but uh, nothing new there. But yeah, I'm looking forward to talking some nonsense today. Yeah, well, we definitely have some nonsense. <laughs> we, we, we have lots of nonsense. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, this is going to be, I want to say, highly speculative episode, maybe. Um, I think there's a lot of ifs, whens, and buts in this show. I, I think we both kind of tried to ignore this, but the elephant in the room has just become bigger and bigger. And it's, um, I don't think we can ignore it anymore, Stefan. We, this, this whole Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Bayern Munich. Um, I don't even know what describer I want to use here. Do you have a good one? How to describe it? Um, stupidity. Stupidity. That's okay. how I would describe it. I think it's just, uh, yeah, like you said, we don't know where to start with this. It's just stories out of England that Ronaldo wants to leave 12 months after joining the club. Surprise, surprise. It's exactly what he did in his final year at Juventus. Um, it's like I kind of said on Twitter the other day, this is a move that was obviously never going to work at Man United, even though he is Ronaldo. It, it's a time and, you know, time comes for everyone at some point, you know, and the, the, the march of time comes for everyone. And this is, and Ronaldo's no, um, exception to that. And although he scored goals at Man United, it was no different from what he did at Juventus and, I'm not entirely sure if this is coming out of Ronaldo's camp. I don't know if it's coming out of Man United's camp. They're maybe trying to push him out the door. But mm. it would seem as me from reports in England that he's really, really interested in a move out of, out of England, uh, out of Manchester United. And as ever, the papers kind of just pull together a big group of clubs and be like, right, who can afford them? Oh, let's see if Bayern Munich want him. And then scramble goes, the scramble begins. And uh, as we've been seeing on Twitter for the last couple of days now, um, it's 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 a bonkers rumor, but I'm not sure it's one we can close the door on entirely, is it? Mm. Yeah, let's talk about it after this break. This episode of the Gig Pressing Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to 
get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. We interrupt this podcast for a very brief, quick insert. Um, yes, this is what happens when you when you record a podcast or pre-record a podcast on Monday with an eye on having it released the next day. And we did this full Bayern Munich segment. And then, of course, the moment we were finished, uh, the Matthias de Licht story breaks. Yeah, Matthias de Licht um, in talks with Bayern Munich. Um, Chelsea are also interested, and this is where this is the two clubs that you will get in here the most linked to this player. Um, here is where we at. Matthias de Licht has informed Juventus Turin that Juventus that he wants to leave the club. Um, he has spoken to the decision makers at Bayern Munich, Hassan Salihamidzic and Oliver Kahn, and Julian Nagelsmann as well, who has identified him as the ideal player to uh, lead his uh, back line. And um, I think Matthias De Ligt uh, is very much in in agreement with the club and really wants to join Bayern Munich, the project. Um, we've seen this in the past that um, Salihamidzic and Khan and lately have been very good at convincing players to, to join Bayern. And uh, I think in this case, Bayern are favored on the player's side. Now, the problem is, of course, the transfer fee. Juventus paid uh, 85 million euros when they signed him in 2019. And back in 2019, Bayern Munich were also interested in this, in this player and lost out to Juventus. Um, they do feel though, that they have a very good chance this time around. The, the one downside is that they are going to offer significantly less than Chelsea. Tuchel also really wants the player. Uh, has identified him as the Antonio Rüdiger replacement. Um, I guess this really comes down to what is Juventus going to accept? Um, that they are asking for around 100 million. Bayern Munich are willing to spend 60 million up front and then add bonuses that could add up to around 80. Um, there has been some rumors in the Italian press that the Licht favors a move to the Premier League. Uh, I think this is Juventus briefing the journalists in Italy um, to, to drive up the price. It's, it's very much uh, indicative what you see um, coming out of, of the, the German media and um, also from the, the Licht camp. And of course, it also helps that, I, that Bayern have already signed two players from Ajax with that kind of background. Nagelsmann as well has an, a significant pull on players and um, De Ligt uh, very, very much wants to join Bayern. And for him personally, he Bayern Munich is the, the favorite. So this is going to be an interesting one to follow. I think uh, we're not going to get a conclusion on this tomorrow by the time this podcast comes out. I hope not, because um, I think it's probably already big enough pain for Stefan to insert this. But I think that um, this is going to be one that is going to be with us for at least a couple of weeks. Uh, July 12th is when De Ligt wants to have a decision. Um, on this, Bayern Munich, of course, started training July 12th and then had the United States 12 days later, uh, or six days later, sorry, uh, to play against DC United and and the Manchester City. And I think uh, De Ligt very much wants to be part of that Bayern Munich tour to the United States. So, yeah, this is the latest on De Ligt. Um, keep an eye on that one. I think it's a very interesting story. 
I think this this is a something that Bayern and Chelsea are going to battle over, um, with Bayern being the favorite on the player side and Chelsea the favorite on on Juventus's side. So yeah, let's return to the regular program. Uh, lots of Ronaldo talk coming up. Yeah, we can't close the door on it. Um, I, I I made this joke that this is one of those rumors that might be talked into existence, and this happens. Actually, um, <laughs> believe it or not, the media can talk a rumor into existence and uh, make <laughs> people laugh about that. But it's true. I mean, how often have we seen where we say, OK, well, this guy is being linked to this club and it's being denied on all sides. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, obviously, a rumor gets always started somewhere, right? Um, sometimes it's the media who starts a rumor. Sometimes it's that the player that starts a rumor, sometimes it's the agent and the player, and sometimes it's clubs. And um, they leak these things specifically to the media to, to achieve a certain target. I think with Cristiano Ronaldo to, to Bayern Munich, let's let's talk about the facts first. It's, he's a 37-year-old striker with an incredible career. Um, when you just look at the things that he's achieved on, on the field, there's there's no question that he will go into the history books as one of the greatest players that has ever played the game. Um, and I'm not going to do this whole Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo debate. I, I'm just not here for it. And I don't just don't care enough about either player. So I would just say that he is a generational player, right? Hmm. Um, with the whole caveat that he's now 37. And we know that Bayern Munich are very reluctant when it comes to, to signing players of that age. Now, we do know, and this is because it's from reliable sources and has been it has been confirmed and it has been confirmed to me as well that there has been discussions. And yes, the Bayern Munich board have denied any interest, um, but yet at the same time they have talked to Mendes, um, his agent. Um, informally, right? This doesn't mean before everyone here goes to Twitter and tweets this and says it's happening, be careful here. I mean, this is something that is informal discussions happen all the time, all the time. These agents and, and clubs uh, talk with each other all the time about all sorts of personalities. Um, we saw it with the, the whole Kalajic thing, remember that? And the, the agent was even at Bayern Munich to have formal discussions. And that does not mean a transfer is going to happen, even if there is mutual interest. I think in this case, where this is all getting started is that Cristiano Ronaldo needs somewhere to go. He wants to leave Manchester United. I think... We can trust that as a true as as being true, right, Stefan? Mm. I mean, the way it's been reported, the way the, the sources this is coming from, um, and I think Manchester United are probably quite happy to move on as well, even though they're reportedly saying, "Oh, we don't really want to sell him because you don't know. Maybe you have to keep him because there's no landing spot, and you don't want to want to want to break the porcelain, right? Just in case mm. um, you need to serve dinner <laughs> at the start of the season." Um, but I think the truth is that Cristiano Ronaldo wants to leave and he needs a landing spot. And the two potential landing spots at the moment 
uh, Chelsea and Bayern Munich. And they, 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 the reason why they did potential landing spots is because Chelsea's just sold Lukaku, right? Mm. Uh, so they need a f- they need someone who can score twenty plus goals, and um, Ronaldo can probably still do that. We don't know. And then Bayern Munich, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, in negotiations with Barcelona, is that a good enough polite term to describe what's going on between those two clubs? Mm-hmm. And um, about Robert Lewandowski. Uh, moving on so if Lewandowski moves on I think they'd be quite happy to play without a natural number nine for a season and maybe sign a prospect we're going to be able to talk about that in a moment but all of a sudden there would be a landing spot available there right yeah and this is really where this is all coming from yeah he here's the thing Ronaldo to Bayern Munich could technically work in in a sense if Lewandowski decides he wants to leave to move to Barcelona if Barcelona finally come up with the money to do that um, and they might now be able to do that with this new Wall Street deal they've got they're kind of remortgaging the house to stick in an extension in I guess I don't know, I uh, don't know the best analogy for that but if, if, if Barcelona can come up with the money to buy Lewandowski and he leaves the kind of um, perceived wisdom in, the, in Germany or how the German media are, are reporting it is that Nagelsmann would then move to a kind of strikerless system. He has Sadio Mane, he has Serge Gnabry, he has Kingsley Coleman, he has Leroy Sané, um, and then you can even stick like a Leon Goretzka, Alfonso Davies, etc., etc. He's got plenty of attacking players who can kind of share the goals amongst them. Lewandowski would have scored. But ultimately, any team, regardless of how how pure their tactics want to be, any team still kind of has to have a kind of bona fide striker in the team that can at least come off the bench uh, in a Champions League semi-final when they're chasing a game and they really just need someone to sit in the box and head in a goal. And you could maybe argue that Chupa Moting is still the club to do exactly that. I'm not entirely sure of his quality to do that. And and I guess in theory, that's somewhere where Ronaldo can, can come into, the, into play where... He could join Bayern Munich. He could be a number nine that plays when necessary. Um, and as part of this kind of really quite big and extensive arsenal that Bayern, would ha- Bayern Munich would have next season, that sounds quite enticing. However, the problem is that Ronaldo isn't just a striker. He's Cristiano Ronaldo. And the problem that Man United have had this summer or, li- or this previous season is that they haven't been able to develop their system at all because there has been an obligation to play Ronaldo in each and every game. He's comfortably the most expensive player. He's easily the most um, highest profile player in the squad. And because he comes across as so professional and he works so hard, etc., etc., it's probably quite hard in person for a manager to turn around and say, I need to drop this guy. And of course, he scores goals. So hmm. it, it's, it's very hard to justify dropping him unless... You are a manager like Julian Nagelsmann or Eric Ten Hag or Thomas Tuchel who says, look, I'm sorry, but I will sacrifice a striker who will get me 20 league goals a season if I think it will help me win a 90-minute game of football in the semifinals of the Champions League. And I think that's probably the crux of the issue here. Man United signing a number nine to replace Lewandowski makes sense even if they're going to play this kind of strikeless formation because it means they have a plan B to come off the bench. Problem is that Ronaldo... 
due to his status, due to maybe not his ego, but the kind of reputation he has, and due to undoubtedly the demands he would bring to the contract negotiations if he were to move to Barn, which would be, I need to play every week. Um, I just don't think it would it, it would really work. I don't think he's a number nine that they that they would need or that that, that they could use. Um, and that's probably why, in theory, I think it could work, but in practice, I think it'd probably be a nightmare. Lars Sievertson, who's a friend of this podcast, tweeted out, and I, I love this. This is um, obviously from, from Moneyball, right? Uh, a requote. People look at Ronaldo and they see a star that's worth 25 million a year. What I see is an imperfect understanding of where wins come from. Um, of course, goals <laughs> equals wins, but we had this similar debate with Erling Haaland at Borussia Dortmund. Sometimes um, having a player who scores a lot of goals and has all the focus on himself isn't actually a good thing for the entire squad or club. And um, this yeah. doesn't make, make any sense at, at the first glance. What I mean by that is that it means you are far more predictable in terms of uh, where your production comes from. And if you, and we saw this as Juventus, we saw it in Manchester United, you know, there, there is uh, a sample size here of an um, aging Cristiano Ronaldo um, at 37, who's still very productive. You know, he's, he scores, what, 20 goals a season, right? Hmm. And the thing is, though, how much production do you sacrifice in order for one player to get that sort of production right there's a net production in the end and um what do you get by adding 25 goals do you really add 25 goals or do you actually add 25 goals for a player that leads to you scoring five or six goals less a season yeah. and when are you scoring those goals right um are you going to get production in the later stages of the Champions League. And this is really where Bayern Munich, what Bayern Munich is all about, is are you going, is Cristiano Ronaldo going to score for you late in a semi-final against um, Manchester City? Mm. My answer would be probably not. Mm. Because you can isolate him at this age. This is not a fast, dynamic striker anymore. This is not a guy who you know, will will add an enormous amount of depth to, to your squad. Um, I think if you have the capability and if he has the understanding of this is what's going to happen, of saying, okay, well, we're, 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 it's 1-1, it's 85th minute, let's throw Cristiano in there and see if he can get us a late one. You're not signing Cristiano Ronaldo to bring him on off the bench in the 85th minute, Stefan. Yeah. Unless, of course, Ronaldo kind of... He, he, he decides that he's now at a stage in his career where he can be that player. Um, yeah. You know, where he, he... If he was able to be... If he was able to be a little more humble and if his humility was allowed, would allow him to be that kind of... Uh, bit part player then i think he would still be one of the most useful players in the world almost like a clutch player you know almost like a field goal kicker in nfl or something in the sense that 
you can bring him on. Uh, you know, he can he can sit up front. He still has remarkable sharpness, remarkable ability in the air, and he has a remarkable ability to just have players gravitate around him. Um, I could see him being hugely helpful to a Bayern Munich team that are chasing the game or something, especially when they have players like Sadio Mane, Serge Gnabry running off him. But like I said, that would require a different type of Ronaldo from the one that we have that we that we we've ever seen. Um, that would re- that would require Ronaldo, who'd happily sit on the bench for twenty games a season, and that just doesn't seem like the the Ronaldo that um, we we still have at this point. Maybe 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 he will be that player. Maybe he is that player. Maybe he's that he's maybe he's that man now. And you know, whenever Mendes sits down with Oliver Kahn and Salihamovic, um, you know, and they say to him, "Look, this could be possible, but." Julian doesn't want to start Ronaldo every week. Mendes turns around and says, Ronaldo's aware of that. He knows what age he is. He just wants to be part of a team that can push for a Champions League. Then I think he could be a huge player for a team like Bayern Munich. But that would require him to change the way he is. <laughs> and that's without even bringing into account the sheer amount of money that it would cost Bayern Munich to hire him, um, which I think would also probably blow a huge hole in their budget. Um, but... It's an interesting. It's a certainly an interesting transfer, but again, I'd be very surprised if it was to happen. But then I guess we were probably sitting here a couple of months ago saying the same thing about Sadio Mane. Well, and we also, I mean, we've already moved from this will never happen to this isn't as crazy as we thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is po- this is a possibility now. Um, this could actually happen. <laughs> I'm trying to, to convince myself here. Um, it's that the money is a big aspect. I think where I'm where I'm looking, I'm looking at this, and I'm see the decision makers at Bayern Munich. And Lewandowski is going to free up 24 million euros of salary plus the 50 million that they're going to get from Barcelona if Barcelona finally get that Bürofax to work um, <laughs> that they're having issues with. That's remarkable. I can't, I can't believe people are still using that, but apparently that's the newest technology for Barca. Um, if they finally get that to work and finally realize that this is the only price that Bayern Munich will accept, for Lewandowski, there will be 50 million available up front because that's the demand and 24 million euros in salary. And, and uh, it, maybe that money will be, this is where you're looking at it. I say, okay, well, if Lewandowski leaves, that leaves a huge hole in the club's marketing department, right? Mm. Um, money. Yeah, it's a great signing. It's a great name. Um, but if you can get Ronaldo, there might be some people at Bayern Munich who say, even if we just get him for a year, the marketing impact that this will bring to the club yeah. and to the Bundesliga is worth it. Right? There is that side of things too. At the end of the day, Bayern Munich are also a business. They're one of the 
three biggest clubs in terms of financials in the world. Uh, they are hugely recognizable as a brand. And as, as unlogical as it would be for an on-field signing, there is that side of things that you as a business have an opportunity to give your brand a jumpstart. It's similar to when they signed uh, Felipe Coutinho or James Rodriguez, right? Mm. To think that and even those things were just on loan, but both those deals did wonder for them in terms of their marketing potential in Colombia and Brazil. Uh, the social media impact was enormous, mm. right? And so this is where I'm saying they might just do it because of that. Which is, of course, crazy because it's like completely contradictory to all the usual, straightforward, um, rational decisions that this club has been making. But there is that side of things, and I think we can't underestimate that. Yeah, it's that's an interesting point, actually, in terms of raising Bayern's profile, and it's certainly a it's certainly a valid one because. You know, it's quite easily conceivable to see Ronaldo moving to Bayern, scoring 20 goals in the Bundesliga next season, um, and, you know, doing relatively well. But, and, and all along the way, selling Bayern Munich shirts around the world. Um, mm. But it just, it, 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 it just depends how such a deal would be obviously formatted. You know, it, it, there's no way that Bayern Munich would pay him what he's making at Manchester United, for example. And I know there's reports saying that he would be happy to take a pay cut. Okay, fair enough. Um, but it, it, it's just it's just something that I'm still quite confused by. Um, I'm still not intrigued. I'm still not convinced by at all, actually. I mean, Sally Hamovich was filmed walking through Munich last night saying, and he was asked about Ronaldo, and he just said, no, it's not happening. Of course it's not happening. And you know, and of course, he, he would say that about any kind of future transfer, but mm. it it does seem so unlike Bayern Munich that I'd be really quite surprised by it. To be perfectly honest with you, um, and so many things would have to go right for it not to be a disaster, and yeah. that just doesn't seem like Bayern Munich to me. Um, they, they're usually too smart for things like this, so they will need a star when Lewandowski leaves. They'll probably need a centre forward. One mm. with more, um, you know, one with more experience and proven record than this young player they signed from Ron, but it, it, I guess there are other candidates there who I'm sure you're about to list off. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been told by a very reputable source that they might go all in for Hugo Iketiki because that deal with Newcastle United that was agreed on is still ready to be signed and lying on the table is just not being signed by the player because I think he wants to see what else is out there for him. And um, I was told by a source that I really trust who's come through to me many times before that they might go all in. This doesn't mean that they're going to do it, but he's really high on their list because what they could do with him is he's 20 years old. This is a smart transfer, right, Stefan? This is this is a completely different category. He's 20 years old. He's not he wouldn't come into Bayern Munich and say, I want to play every game. I'd be happy to learn from Sadio Mane. I'd be happy to learn from Serge Knabri. I'd be happy to learn from Kingsley Coman, Leroy Sané, 
be happy to work with Julian Nagelsmann to improve as a player. And, and another thing that Bayern Munich are really good, and this guy has an, an, a long injury history, and we all know what happens to Bayern players that sign for Bayern Munich. They all turn into these muscle muscle machines, right? <laughs> um, all these mini Arnies that are uh, dominating on the field. And um, I think this is this is another aspect that's really intriguing for this guy is that he could come to Bayern Munich and he, he would develop in, in, in that way. And I think for Bayern Munich, it's intriguing because... There is there is no expectations that he would right away be um, the star striker. Still expensive. Hugo Iquitiki has a price tag of 30, 36 million euros, right? Mm. The salary demands are not very high. Um, that is a, probably something that is, is interesting for them as well. And this is a sensible transfer. <laughs> it's the absolute opposite to Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Um, but I think it's actually I look at yeah, this and I say it, that sense. Mm-hmm. Sorry, can you go? Yeah, no, no, just jump in. I think um, the thing that kind of intrigues me about this is that it's a sensible transfer, but it's it's also like a kind of Dortmund sensible transfer. Um, yeah. And which, funnily enough, they were in for him too, and they didn't go for it. They didn't went for Haller. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting because you'd think it'd be the other way around, but I don't know. I, I know very little about this player because I don't cover French football at all. Um, mm. I know German football just absolutely adores to sign young French players to kind of fill in the gaps in their teams. It's a kind of running joke I have. Um, the poor, poor Ligue 1 gets raided by the Bundesliga every summer and come hell or high water. Um and yeah, it'd be interesting, but it'd be really, it'd be quite something for Bayern to go all in on such a young player, um, with very little experience at the top level, in my opinion, um, and really kind of because if you think about it, actually, Bayern's kind of if you think about it, like the really really big transfers over the last kind of five or ten years, they haven't really worked out as well as you'd kind of hope for, um, you know, Upamecano, Hernandez. Uh, guys like that, really, Leroy Sani. Um, it's it's Renato kind of Sanchez. Yeah, remember exactly. Him? Yeah, same not... kind of signing. Exactly. I mean, you know, they went all in for like a young player who still needed development, and the step was too big. I, mean, exactly. I actually think There's Renato a... Sanchez is going to be a good player down the road, but it was too big. The step was too big. Yeah. Well, I'm not entirely sure Renato Sanchez has yet became the player that he was supposed to be, but that's a different discussion for a different podcast. Um. But yeah, there was there was a reason why they used to just pick off Bundesliga players because it was a proven strategy and they knew exactly how good they were. And we kind of covered this before in the past that you know maybe Bayern are now being priced out of the likes of Florian Wirtz or a Patrick Schick, uh, and if that means they now have to basically go straight to the source and pick up these young players before Dortmund or Leipzig or Leverkusen do, um, that makes things very interesting. Um, but I think it brings a huge amount of risk to Bayern, which. You know, if you're an overall Bundesliga fan who don't support Bayern, that's a good thing, I guess. Um, but we'll just have to kind of wait yeah. and see how they react to Lewandowski if he leaves and whether they kind of have to go all in on a kind of risky signing like this. And of course, they would point to the two times it did work out, which is uh, Alfonso Davies and Jamal Musiala, right? Yeah, um, but these guys didn't cost a lot of money. They, they, were signed by no, exactly. no, they were signed for nothing. Yeah, Davies was 10 million uh, euros up front. I think the deal now, because of all the things that he's won, is 20. But 
that worked out. Um, and Jamal Musiala, I think they got for free um, from Chelsea's academy. And that definitely worked out for them. So I think they will point at that and say, look, sometimes it works. But then, of course, there's this long list of players that you just named and <laughs> it didn't work out. And I mean, this this is interesting. I think it is all very, very interesting because we don't even know yet if Robert Lewandowski is actually going to leave. Uh, July 12th is eight, eight days away. Mm. Um, we don't know even if Robert Lewandowski is going to show up for that opening training session. And I told you this before the podcast, um, Stefan, I'm going to be at Bayern Munich's US tour, which I think is going to be pretty interesting <laughs> because of all the things that are still happening. I mean, we have already covered so many transfers this window, but the transfer window only opened three days ago. Yeah. There's still yeah. there's still a lot of football, well, not a lot of football, a lot of transfer news to, to go through before we uh before we line up yeah. for the first game of football. I think we have to, and we were asked this questions in our mailbag for episode two hundred and fifty. Jonathan David, the little striker, right? Remember that question that we had, and I said the only club in the Bundesliga that would be able to afford that kind of money. Um for Jonathan David, 50 million euros that Lille are asking for um, it would be Bayern Munich. And now, of course, that name has been um, reported, has been reported, has also been denied. I, I know that Bayern Munich have him on, on their list of potential strikers. That list is long, by the way. Um, it's a very long list. The I think there's both pros and cons. I mean, Jonathan, of course, knows Alfonso quite well. They, they're the two big stars. They're the two, they're the flagships of the Canadian national team that has been going, you know, going to the World Cup for the first time since 1986 in this upcoming winter. And um, so there is a benefit there, I think, in terms of marketing this to a North American audience to bring in Jonathan David as well. And we, you alluded to this in the last show, right, with Tyler Adams. Sometimes these names get talked up a bit more because of the citizenship. That's a fact. That, 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 that bias exists. We can't deny that. Um, I have reservations about Jonathan David as a number nine replacement. I don't think he is quite a Robert Lewandowski type of player. No. I think he's a very prolific striker. He scores lots of goals uh, for the Canadian national team against opposition that is not always at a high standard. He scored some beautiful goals in clutch games for Canada too. Um, you can't deny that either. But the the, the 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 one big thing that I when I look at Jonathan David is that he is not a typical center forward for me. For me, he is the guy that they would maybe bring in if Serge Gnabry leaves. Hmm. Um, because... I look at Jonathan Davies, David's goal output, and it's pretty decent. He scored 28 goals in 74 League All games, right? Uh, previously, he scored 26 in uh, 50 uh, Jubilee Pro League games. Those are two leagues that are quite significantly below the Bundesliga. And what makes me worry, and this is where this is another good example or comparison to what we discussed with Hugo Iketike and also kind of links into the things that the Bayern Munich experience with Renato Sanchez is there is long stretches of games where he doesn't score. Mm. And I've experienced Bayern Munich my entire life. I'm from the city of Munich. 
I know what the press does there if you don't score. Mm. They count minutes. Yeah. They have they they literally do a press thing where they count the minutes that a striker hasn't scored. Mm. Right? They did this with Roy Mackay, they did this with Giovanni Elba, um, they did this with uh, Mario Gomez. They didn't really do this with uh, they tried it once with Lewandowski, but then you know it just never happened. But that is that is something for a young striker when you get into that sort of club. Quite an experience when you all of a sudden have six, seven newspapers counting the minutes that you haven't scored. Yeah. And if you have a, a history of doing this in France, where you haven't scored for 10 games, can you imagine the headlines? Yeah, I must admit, uh, again, this is a player I don't spend a huge amount of time watching, but just based on his numbers, I just do not get the buzz whatsoever around him. It yeah. seems like a decent player. Uh, it looks like a decent player for a kind of mid-range Premier League side down the line, but for 60 million yeah. euros, come on, give me a break. Half half that tops. And, yeah. you know, if the Premier League fans like to go on about a Bundesliga tax, then Bundesliga fans need to start talking about a league on tax because such a thing does exist. And, you know, I think, like I was saying about Nkiti, if Jonathan David would be an even bigger uh, risk, in my opinion, for that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I think I think this is maybe why Bayern may, may eventually decide just to hold on to Lewandowski for another season and let him go for free next year. Because if these guys are are the ones on their shortlist, then they might be in trouble. Yeah, unless it is Cristiano. <laughs> unless it's Cristiano. <laughs> <laughs> um, unless it's Cristiano, that would be a good slogan for a T-shirt. Stefan, because we have our own merchandise line now, maybe we should ask uh, the guys that believe to put um, unless it's Cristiano as one of our quotes on a t-shirt and sell that. Um, we could help Bayern Munich raise some money to to buy Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, anyways, yes, we have we have merchandise now. Um, you can. I'm going to stick the link as I did with the last episode at the at the description on of the podcast and. Yeah, you can you can buy a shirt now with the green king pressing logo on if that's something that you would like to wear around. We would greatly appreciate it. We won't be not hurt at all if you don't. So fair enough. Um and as always, the show is brought to you by Bet Online. Stefan, any final thoughts on Bayern Munich's transfer season? Anything that comes to mind before before we call it call it a day? Uh no, not really. I think they've done a very good job so far. Just have to kind of wait and see what happens with Lewandowski if um see how they react to that but so far so good yeah and i think um we're going to have another episode soon because we covered the two big ones we're going to cover dortmund of course um down the road as well if sebastian haller is going to be official soon i think um, we're going to try and cover all the other bundesliga transfers that um happening and we're going to do that next week again i think it's it's a good strategy to maybe break it up every once in a while do a non big four transfer episode because there's some other interesting things that are happening um and we'll do this next week when we're back with another episode uh, because i'm not going to be in some sort of wi-fi free area stefan uh, next week i promise <laughs> all right um yeah until next week auf wiedersehen
for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.